Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so we are now in week two of a four-week series called The Gospel of the Kingdom. Um, who was here last week to hear Glenn's message or heard it online or on podcast? Yeah, some of you, if you didn't hear it, really encourage you to go check that out um, on our podcast. So Glenn just started to open up what the kingdom means. Um, And he said that the kingdom is firstly a statement about God as king and that he is Lord of his kingdom. His kingdom can mean his reign or his rulership. He also said that the kingdom is a kingdom at war. Um, It's, you know, to be connected to the kingdom, we have to engage in spiritual warfare. We know that we have an enemy, the devil, that wants to just steal, rob, kill and destroy, destroy from us. He wants to accuse us. And we need to be able to stand on the truth of the Word of God and stand in the presence of God just to um, stand our ground and to take ground. Now, everything about the kingdom is because of Jesus. Every single part of the kingdom. And living as ones who represent the King, living as His disciples, living the way Jesus did is all because of what Jesus did. You know, Jesus commanded us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. That's all kingdom business. That's being in the kingdom. And that is all because of Jesus. No, but before any of that incredible stuff, the kingdom is personal for you and for me. The kingdom happens internally as well. Living connected to Him, living in a life-giving relationship with God. I love this verse in John chapter chapter 1, and we were just singing um, some of that in um, the last song that we sang. It says, In the beginning was a living expression, or another word is the word. He was already there, and the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face, in the very beginning. And through His creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from Him. A fountain of life was in Him. For His life is light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness. Light that darkness could not overcome. I love that. Nothing exists apart from Jesus. None of us in this room can exist apart from Jesus. You know, He is the source of life and light. And I love this line. He is the light that darkness could not overcome. That is for us today as well. He is the light that darkness could not overcome. Let's just pray and then we're going to continue on. Holy Spirit, we just give this morning into your hands. We just welcome you. We just say you're welcome to come and do what you want to do in this place today. We thank you for your light just coming and shining in our lives, for that light that where there's no darkness can hang around. And God, I just thank you for your word accomplishing everything that you intended to accomplish for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Sasha. You are welcome to have a seat. I'm going to share um, a couple of stories with you today, and there are a couple of quite personal stories, um, and it's all related to just how incredible Jesus is and the way he personally wants to transform our lives. Um, About a year and a half before Josiah was born, we had an unexpected pregnancy. Now, we had 
fully settled ourselves on the fact that four children was plenty. Um, and, but then we just had like a few prophetic words and a few people jokingly just talk about five or talk about a baby or something like that. And um, so when we found out we were pregnant, um, we were a little bit shocked, but kind of almost not because of all these other things that had been said. And we were actually really excited. Um, and so we, we went on that journey, we were preparing and we just told the kids um, and then at about 12 weeks we lost the baby. Um, it was a battle and I remember that weekend really clearly. I was absolutely fighting for a miracle but it was a fight that was from this real place of peace as well and I have never felt that close to a miracle before. It was kind of like I felt like I was on the very edge of a miracle. Um, and I just felt so wrapped up in the love and peace of God. But there just came this moment where I knew that I just needed to surrender our baby to Father God, and I did that, and then it wasn't long after that that our baby went to birth Jesus. Now, Bree um, was a preschooler at the time. She was three years old, and later that day, um, when the day we'd lost the baby, she was drawing a picture for the baby, and I said to her, Bree... What, what's your picture about? And Brie, what words do you want to put on this picture? And I actually have your piece of paper here. So it's this here, three-year-old scribbles. And it says this, I love you and I'm going to the beach with you. Love, Brie. <laughs> now that was cool, but what was a whole lot cooler is what happened um, as the day progressed as well. So later that same day, Janet's oldest daughter, Nicola, Larissa's big sister, um, she said she had a gift for us and could she bring it over? And she did this painting for us. And I'm hoping I can hold this together. But anyway, this is the painting that she did for us. So this is an old door, like a cupboard door. And it's got a whole lot of words on it and I want to read them to you. It says this, a little child played by the sea. All day they played while the sun warmed their toes. The seashells whispered beautiful songs in their ear. The waves danced and the seabirds soared. The sun stayed out all day to keep them warm. But when sunset came, Jesus held out his hand to the little child. Together they knocked on the father's door and he welcomed them into his loving arms. They're stuck together because they're absolutely incredible. I didn't see the physical miracle that I was believing for, but I saw an incredible miracle of the love and the comfort of God and, his, and the way he can so precisely just come and impact our lives um, on that day. He chose to speak to me through my three-year-old daughter and through Nicola to release a word and a picture that just brought so much comfort and hope in that moment. So I still had those questions, but Jesus showed me in the most beautiful, personal way how much he cared, and that my baby was safe with him right in that moment, and that released incredible comfort. You see, Jesus cares deeply about the things that we care about. His kingdom is not just external, out there, big things. His kingdom is in here. He wants to see it extended in our lives. 
Isaiah 53 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Jesus carries our grief, he carries our sorrow. And when we allow him access into our heart, his light comes and shines even through the deepest darkness. And he comes and reframes the hurt in our lives. And today's message is called Jesus, Gateway to the Kingdom. He is the gateway to everything that God has for us. John 14 says this. This is a great verse. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the gateway to Father God. He is the gateway to us knowing Father intimately and to everything that it means to be part of Father's kingdom, to know wholeness, to know healing, to know freedom, to know salvation and restoration. He is the gateway for everyone, and he is the gateway for one. Say that again. He is the gateway for everyone, and he is the gateway for one. He is the gateway to personal healing and wholeness for every single person in this room, for every single person watching online, for every single person in this world. He is the gateway for our relationship with Father God. He is the gateway to to us discovering his perfect love. He is the gateway to physical healing. He's the gateway to freedom. He's the gateway to peace. He is the gateway to strength for us today. He is the gateway to joy. And he is the gateway to hope. Now, my salvation story, I really want to share that with you as well. This is, once again, a personal journey. Obviously, it is for each one of us. But it's a story that started a long time ago for me, but that God has actually done something incredible on in the last few months for me. It's like he hit kind of a redefining reset button for me. So I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven. And I remember being in a school assembly. So I went to a Christian school. And that school assembly, the person was talking about heaven and hell. And I remember thinking, I really don't want to go to hell. So later that night, I went home. I remember sitting in bed and mum prayed with me and I gave my life to Jesus. And that was awesome. Um, And I never regretted giving my life to Jesus. Wouldn't have wanted it any other way. But there was this part of me that was like, I wish I had this kind of dramatic moment, this moment where I just knew God's love so incredibly that from then on my life just looked totally different. And it wasn't like that for me. My kind of journey with God has been a continual journey of transformation. I know it's like that for all of us, but there are some people that have this dramatic moment. And... I was at a New Life exec team meeting earlier in the year, and we were just talking a little bit about salvation stories. And I remember one of the people just saying, when they gave their life to God, I think they were kind of in their late teens, that that everything from then on was just different, even down to the fact that when they looked um, at the world around them, it looked more colourful and clear. And I remember thinking, I wish I had that. (laughs) A few weeks after that, I had some Sozo prayer ministry. Um... So as a prayer ministry is just like a deeper healing um, prayer ministry. And I went into that just, I had, I've had this, um, this thought in my head 
this belief that I carried for a long time that God had already been um, talking to me about, we'd already been on a process with, but it was this kind of underlying belief that I'm not good enough. And so I went into the sozo going, right, I just want to deal with this. Like, I'm sick of it, and I know it's a lie. So I knew all of that. I can tell myself the truth, but actually I just don't want this a part of my life anymore. And I thought, this is going to be good, but it's probably not going to be too dramatic because, you know, I, I know what I'm going to get prayer for and all of that. But, you know, <laughs> when you think that, it's usually going to be the opposite, day. Eh? God did some really deep healing, and he uncovered all sorts of layers. And he actually led me back to the moment of my salvation. And he did that by just actually just putting a picture in my mind. And I realized for me that, yes, I'd been saved, given my life to him. He was in charge of my life, knew I'd go to heaven. Um, that was good. But I realized that my motivation for becoming a Christian had actually been about fear. It had been about right and wrong, needing to make the right decision so I wouldn't go to hell. Now, just to clarify, like a healthy fear of eternity is a good thing. So, yep, keep that. That's important. Um, But, yeah, I'd been saved. I was in relationship with God, and I now understood more of his love for me so I could understand the perfect love of God but and that could have been enough God could have gone oh yep that's enough you know you've got it now but God loves us too much to leave us in even I guess a hint of brokenness or distortion Um, he doesn't want us to have a distorted picture of ourselves and of him and when we pray those prayers, like I think Glenn has led us through this prayer sometime in the last month, where we're like, Jesus, my life is yours, and come shine your light on anything, you know, any areas of brokenness or disconnect. Now, when we pray those prayers, he actually, like, answers those, and he does come with his light and shines it on us, um, <clears throat> which is a good thing. In the moment, it might be painful, but it is good. You know, when we haven't allowed his word, his truth his love to touch an area of pain in our lives, that area just remains closed off to him. And instead of being like a gateway for healing and wholeness and life, it can just become a gateway for fear and brokenness in our lives. But when we let him in, he comes and heals that area so that it can become a gateway for his life to flow through. Now, he reframes our brokenness and wholeness into wholeness. He reframes the dead areas into life. So for me, in that moment, something incredible happened. There was a whole lot of forgiveness and healing that happened because that's what happens in Sozo. Um, And God also shows us lies that we've believed and then also shows us the truth. And sometimes he shows that truth through words. Sometimes it's through a feeling or sometimes it's just through a picture that we get in our mind. Um, Joel 2 says this, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This is just to give you a scripture just to say this is okay. Um, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men or women will see visions. God speaks to us through visions. He still does that today. So in that moment, God gave me a picture. He gave me a vision. Once again, I was, I was back to a, a small girl and just kind of standing and Jesus came up to me, took hold of my hand and then together we started walking, started skipping along. And there was this incredible sense of joy and of fun. And then we kept going along and then he led me to this house that I knew was Father God's house. As we approached, the door just opened And Father God was standing there. And just immediately he came and he picked me up and gave me this incredible like bear hug kind of hug and just held me. 
So that was the picture I had. And in that moment, and it's a little bit hard to describe this, but it was like my salvation experience was reframed. Two incredible things were redefined in that moment. The first thing was that I just felt such, the feelings, I felt such an incredible feeling of love. And I knew that the reason I was coming to Father God was because I felt that love wrapping around me. The other thing I felt was joy and fun, which was the opposite to fear and doing the right thing. The second thing, this was a big one. Jesus was the one who came to me and took hold of my hand. I had, decide, I had to decide to go with him and to keep walking with him, but he came to me. I didn't go looking for him. He came and found me. And he led me to God. And in that moment, that went from something that I kind of knew to be true here to something I was starting to know to be true in my heart, that Jesus found me. And for every person in this room, he finds us. Whether you know that to be true or not, he has found you and he wants you. Now, Jesus is the way to the Father. His verses in John 14 say, Jesus is the way, and no one comes to the Father except through him. There's no other way to have access to Father God. There's no other way to have access to his kingdom. And I love these verses in Ephesians 2, talking about the grace of God. It says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions or sins. It is by grace you have been saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So trying to do the right thing, it just doesn't get us anywhere. It might make us feel temporarily okay, but it, it doesn't bring life. You know, the priests in the Bible, they served God so faithfully. They served the people so faithfully. They were obedient. Um, absolutely. But that still couldn't save them. That did not bring life to them. There is no one else who can save us but Jesus. He is the gateway to our salvation. Acts 4, thousands of people have been saved. Peter and John are brought before the priests and they're questioned. And Peter says this, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, when I partnered with fear in that salvation moment, that fear of going to hell, of doing the wrong thing, had led me to that core belief of not feeling good enough, of needing to do the right thing, of needing to be innocent, and that just kept me captive. You see, religion wants to keep us captive. Those rules, that, that religion, that doing the right thing, it wants to hold us. So that to, be, to feel okay, we have to do the right thing. To feel okay, we have to be declared innocent where it's about what we do rather than what Jesus has done. Now, and this can be so subtle as well, because like I said, I knew that to be true up here, but there was a battle kind of going on in my heart. And I've, I've, that's something that I've kind of been journeying with for years, just working that out. It's Jesus that saves us. There is nothing else that can save us. Jesus is the gateway to our salvation. He is the gateway to our innocence. Romans 10 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I don't know where we're at here this morning. Maybe you just, you've got this. Maybe you're like, yep, absolutely get this. I understand the grace of God. That's where I'm at. That is absolutely incredible. Maybe you've been in a place, though, where you can actually relate to what I'm saying about just 
being like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. It feels like I'm striving a little bit, like I just have to keep earning God's love. If that's you this morning, then I just really believe that God wants to come and redefine that for you, just like he reframed it for me. I think there's some reframing to be done this morning. Like I said, Jesus is the way to the Father. And just like the incredible, beautiful picture that I was given when our baby went to be with Jesus, and the incredible vision that God gave me when um, Jesus led me to the Father, Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the only way to the Father. And I believe that he wants to lead us closer to the Father today as well. Now that place of being with the Father, of being held by him, is one of completeness. It's one of safety and it's one of wholeness. We're actually going to just move now into a time just where we can respond to him. And I wonder if we could just stand to our feet in this moment. We were just singing before, um, Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus is with us right now in this room. Thank you, God. Jesus, we just thank you for your presence. We welcome you. And Jesus, I just welcome you this morning just to come and do complete works in our heart. To come and shine your light where we need your light shone. To come and reframe those things that need to be redefined in our life. Jesus, because you don't want to even leave us with a hint of brokenness or a hint of distortion. You want us to have the full picture, the complete picture of who you are and of how much you love us. And so, Jesus, we just welcome your presence. We welcome you to do your work here today. No living our lives is ones who are fully in the kingdom of Jesus, is ones who are, I guess, knowing his salvation in every area of our lives looks like surrender. Which is a funny thing because, and I usually, in the natural, to get more, we kind of have to just pursue it and go after it. But in Jesus' kingdom, to get more, we have to surrender. And we have to go, Jesus, is not about me. This is not about anything I can do. Jesus, I just need you. I just want more of you. You know, that whole thing of trying harder to do it right, it's exhausting. It's tiring. It doesn't bring life. And I think today God's calling some people out of religion and into freedom. And this is not something that, you know, like for me, it wasn't anything I intentionally did. I thought that that was just the right thing. But it was the fact that Jesus needed to redefine some things for me and to really show me at a heart level, not just at a head level, his grace. The fact that he is the one that draws us to God. He's calling us to surrender today. You don't have to know how it all works. You don't have to 
know what it's going to look like. But you do need to say, Jesus, I'm dependent on you. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. 